Hey, what's up, Shining Otaku? It's Cloud9 and... N. And this is Shining Spotlight, the stream where we highlight creatives in the industry in order to inspire you guys. Today, we have two guests that have been on our show before. They're amazing. You know, everything, I am kid you not, everything I see them put out to me looks so dope. You know, it's like fire. Um, of course, they work on their comic iridescent which i swear to you like i like i even love the the name of the title because it you know, it makes you think of like guess bright light or something like almost like a fluorescent light bulb but something even greater i know, right? <laughs> I know no but uh we have of course simon and pedro blaze they're back on the show today so i want to welcome you guys on i'm so happy to see you guys today awesome we're happy to be back happy to see you too yeah, I'm happy to be like anime and manga, man. It's really exciting for us. It's always a good time talking to you, and we're we're happy to be back. Like Pedro said, it's super cool. Oh yeah, I know you guys have been you know chugging away. I know last time that we talked to you, funny enough, I remember. Um, I think it was back, or actually that was back in 2018. So I mean, we're talking about, of course, like <laughs> you know, of course, your comic, and we were talking about like Avengers, that sort of thing. You know, so much yeah. has changed, but I want to ask you guys as far as with. Um, you know, your comic, you know, with uh, Iridescent, you know, what's been up with it lately? Are you guys, um, you know, I know you guys have been putting out a lot of chapters lately. A lot of been, a lot of um, work has been, you know, I've seen on uh, Webtoons and uh, Topastic. Um, just, can you give like a, a course for the viewers, you know, who may not have uh, seen some of your work, you know, just a quick synopsis and tell us a little bit what you've been up to all this time. Synopsis, so uh, pretty much Iridescent is the story about it's the story of Shoder Kurotashi and Emaru Diamond Heart. One of them is the son of the champion, and one of them is the son of a king, right? So Shoder, uh, his dad passes away in a tragic manner, and now the whole nation looks to him to be the next champion. While Emaru, he's the son of a king, but he doesn't really care so much about royalty. He just want to have fun and fight the next big fighter. So, of course, he's going to try to fight Shoder, and things get a little complicated with his life, with Emma's life and his brother. So he ends up aligning with himself with a shady organization that's after Shoulder. And that's the perfect opportunity for him to actually fight a, a legend, right? So that's pretty much where the first arc starts. But the story evolves a little more. And we have a lot to tell. Um, but right now, we're working on volume one of Iridescent. We are still doing oh, that. You guys are nearing the end on that, right? Like it's Yeah. It's yeah. And uh, we have, we I mean, we had to revise and rewrite a few chapters to make it feel, make it uh, prepare for the second volume for the second season. Um, so he's been doing a lot of rewriting. I've been doing a lot of some of the redrawing of some things. But we've been advancing. We're we're close to finishing the volume one, which uh, we're glad to have uh, published by the, hopefully by the end of this year. Yeah, no, I, I'm like I can see, I, like so much has come out since I last saw it. I mean, I'm like thinking, like, dang, there was some of that, some of the work that was a little bit far behind on. And then when I'm reading um, Karen, you know, like she honestly, I now I understand why you guys, you know, like, like kind of like I remember back when I asked you about like who your favorite character was and why it was so <laughs> tough because one of the things that I see in manga, especially manga that might seem a little bit more along the lines of like shonen series, right? Sometimes they shy away from these relationships. They take forever for characters to ever make a move. Mm-hmm. And you guys did not shy away with that, you know, <laughs> with Shatter and, you know, Karen, with, you know, as far as, you know, teasing a relationship. We're not even teasing it, but actually having something take place, you know. And yeah. I'm like, okay, let's see. 
let's see what goes. Like, this guy's spicy already after, you know, just a, like a, a couple chapters. I'm like, chapter okay. Two, right? Yeah, having yeah. a couple of two. Um, when it comes to that normal shonen uh, mangas, will take a whole season of the whole series for them. They will go back and forth. They will hint at their feelings. Like, My Hero Academia, they cannot hint at it, but they don't dwell into to relationships. And I, I didn't want to spend the whole series of the whole first arc doing that because we've seen that before but what happens after after they get together how how can you create drama make things complicated after you establish oh these are two people that's the beautiful part of it like we're gonna see some drama happen and we're excited to write about it and uh, put (laughs) it on on drawings too uh because what i've noticed is on most uh, manga and uh, anime the main character is literally shying away from the love interests like he's too shy to say something uh nervous they get nervous around her things like that so we're like let's let's change that let's do something different let's just have them make something happen at the beginning and then build a lot of drama out of that so but the thing is she wasn't playing around that's the whole thing i like is that she was like no this 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 is what it is she let him know you know like she went in for it so i'm like okay and there's a thing that makes the relationship a bit complicated in regards to caring and that's when I see we see some of the drama in the chapter. She's like, "Oh my gosh, is this really happening? Do I sh- should I do this? I know I'm gonna get in trouble, but I don't care." Like she she gives scene at the end. She's like, "Well, no, this, I feel this way for because, for a reason." So she you know embraces that instead of shying away from it to in, in the chapter. So, now we're not gonna eventually see Karen get the manager haircut, are we? We oh please oh god, god. <laughs> I had to <laughs> I had to say. <laughs> Yeah. I know, I know. That's like an unfortunate thing that happened because we came up with that name a long time ago and then it became a meme and I, not in a most positive way for Karen. So she's like a, an exception from uh, the Karen rules. Karen is definitely not a Karen. Okay. I just had to say, I'm like, but I'm, in any case though, I mean, the way I like to think of, of um, Iridescent is a story almost like of a character avenging a champion. You know, that's kind of the way I like to think of it, but it's much more than obviously, you know, you know, but if I just had to say for anyone out there who's new to it, of course, and if you haven't seen maybe the previous interview, cause there was a previous interview that we did, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's the best way you can, you know, at least like if you just want a taste of what the story, um, you know, initial st- story, what it, what it's about, you know, but I mean, there's definitely a lot more in there. I mean, the way that you guys do your scenes in terms of even like the action scenes, you know, you, you I can tell that there's a lot of care to it. You know, you're not, um, you know, just kind of like fudging the, uh, you know, the anatomy on the characters or, you know, even the way that you're, um, you know, you have the way that the panels flow, you know, you do oh, a yeah. lot of care, you handle that, you know, so yeah. I mean, I have to, you know, definitely give that to you because there's a lot of care, you know, but no, I, mean, I Sorry, uh, that was uh, something that we went ahead and changed uh, on some of the first couple of chapters because we noticed that there's a way that we can change the paneling to tell the story better and just guide the eye in a better way to just present the 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 shots in a more cinematic way. Yeah, the flow of the page is really important for the exactly, reader yes. to, to just uh, get lost in the story. If they see the little inconsistencies, they, they, then you get taken back. But when, when something is... You don't notice it. It's when something is right. When you don't notice any of the mistakes, because it's flowing good. So Pedro is doing a really good job at uh, you know taking care of all the flow of the pages, making the panels look more cinematic. Because that's something we're aiming for. And I'm really happy with the way the chapters, the new chapters especially, are coming out. And I'm excited to go back and redo some of the 
first two in, in, in a way that's going to make the book look even better. And the final product is going to be even like in another level. So do you guys, when you guys are working on your, um, your manga, like, do you see growth within yourself? Like from maybe previous chapters you worked on versus now? Like oh how? Oh my God, you have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> we have no idea. <laughs> like we we see some of our uh, older art, and at the time we would say, "Oh my God, this is amazing!" And we look at it two, three years later, and we, three years later, and we're like, "What is this?" Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I have definitely. I mean, it takes a lot of practice uh, and discipline. It just um, I've seen a lot of improvement in my art, and I've even seen improvement in his uh, writing. So both of us, we have been a lot of, seen a lot of improvement in the product that we're putting out and we're excited. We even, it even makes us more excited to see how far we've, we've become and how, uh, how much better we're getting at the art. Uh, so it just, it's inspiring to see that. Yeah. So how do you feel? Do you feel as though, like has COVID-19 been challenging for you in any way in terms of creatively or? Uh, not necessarily. Actually, uh, since COVID started, I there was a time when my secular job put a pause to the, all their uh, chips. Yeah, pretty, pretty much they, they closed down for two months. So I was stuck at home and I was just doing my the manga for pretty much almost, well, I wouldn't say 24-7, but you, you get the idea. Like I was working on that every single day and that also helped me advance a lot. The only thing that we were affected by COVID-19 about was the uh, the uh, conventions, because we were going to a lot of conventions to promote our art, to promote our book. Um, and since all the conventions were closed down, we haven't been able to go to these conventions, promote our art, promote our stores, uh, our, our uh, Print, social media, yeah, and all that. So. All that so. Yeah. When it comes to COVID-19, yeah, that's that's when it affected us the most. And not only us, but everybody that got those conventions, cosplayers, oh, yeah. artists, organizers, uh, even the companies, they all are in this weird situation. Like, we don't know when it's going to end. Some people are not caring anymore, and they're trying to, to you know, adapt to this new situation, global situation. Um, when, when it comes to us, we're making really good progress when it comes to the convention scene, having our presence, being noticed, being in different conventions. And we booked a lot. Like, we booked a lot of conventions this for this year. There, there was a weekend that we have, like, four going on at the same time. And we call it the weekend of death because <laughs> we didn't know how we were going to split ourselves and be in four places. Like, one of them was in Puerto Rico. Two, or, two of them were in Texas, and but not in the same city, like one in Dallas, the other one in Houston. And I think there were... The, the fourth one was in Dallas, but in a different part of Dallas. Yeah. So it was an interesting challenge to see how we were going to pull that off. And unfortunately, like we couldn't, right? Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, I'm a blessing in disguise because we get the opportunity to work more on the manga and have everything ready to go for the first volume and the other two volumes. Because we, I don't know if you guys we have talked about this before. We storyboard the whole thing, the whole, whole oh, yeah. chapters. That's the first story arc. So that will be three volumes. So we got the opportunity to re-look at them and make them better before we go That's when right. I yeah. do like we, the we first chapters. Plan, we got a chance, opportunity to plan more scenes to, because uh, we would thumbnail the way we work together. We He writes the idea, he tells me the idea, and then I, I uh, draw thumbnails of what is how it's gonna look, pretty much like a storyboard, 
in one single piece of paper. And then I put it into paneling and all that so we can have the storyboards of the, what the uh, manga book is going to look like. And okay. that, that's when it comes to the new scenes. Of course, I do a script. and But sometimes you come up with an idea in the storyboard yeah. process. The storyboard part of the process, you come up, oh, you know what? We should put a scene here. And that's normal in, in, in any industry, even in movies. That's, that's why they do reshoots. Because once they start editing the movie, they notice, oh, maybe we need a specific scene that will help the transition between these two scenes, right? So they go back and reshoot some stuff. Uh, it's the same thing with us. Like we see not the flaws, but rooms that we can make some improvements and we go ahead and do them. Yeah, mainly we see the flow. We see how it flows mm -hmm. uh, when we have it on thumbnails. We see how it's flowing. We're like, you know what? This works, but maybe we can add something here or maybe we can take this away, things like that. But so. you know, I know, I know we've talked about this before in the past, but you know, like, um, you know, the fact that you guys, you know, are close, you know, that probably helps a lot as far as being able to, you know, kind of know each other, what each other's thinking a little bit. Am I right? Or, you uh, know. Yes, I know. Yes, like, I know. like you, you will think, like, it's easier because we're siblings, but I know siblings that they can't work with each other. And yes. we, they can't, they can't work with each other, but we, we <laughs> work really well. Well, you, you will be surprised for the things that we fight. <laughs> Just to give you an example, the other day we had, like, a huge argument about an exclamation point yeah and, and that's how i'm gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> we, had a, we pretty much had an argument just one exclamation point so so yeah. so it's just little things like you, because we're yeah. siblings sometimes we want to kill each other yeah and if you're working with somebody somebody that's not your family um, member then you tend to have certain level of you have your boundaries. Your boundaries. Respect. No, we respect each other, but there's certain level of certain boundaries, like you don't cross because we're not that close. Mm -hmm. uh, but because we are, we we like kind of like ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you don't let each other know. Like hey. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, I guess I guess like, see, there's pros and cons to it. You know. Yeah. Well, mainly pros, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's good to. Because at the end of the day, it's a family business, right? Like, mm -hmm. and we have our siblings doing other things for us, and and the more we grow, the more we outgrow. So, so it's, it's at the end of the way. At the end of the day, the way I like to think about it is that it's still a business, so we have to keep it professional at the end of the day. So even though we're closed, we're like, okay, we have to come to an agreement uh, at some point. So, let's so that's actually a good point you bring up because I think a lot of people out there who maybe getting started may not really understand this aspect. And it's something I actually want to address at some point, but I want to hear your guys' thoughts on that. What do you guys think it means to be professional in this industry of doing manga and comics? Uh, well, meeting deadlines, um, listening to each other's criticism, uh, feedback, not, not getting frustrated with uh, negative feedback. Because, um, I mean, there's ways that we can improve each other and if we get offended by what the other person says then we're not gonna get anywhere so keeping it professional means to me uh pretty much not getting offended because of the closeness because sometimes a person will say something to you uh, in a way that you would only say to a family member mm -hmm. but um if you think to keep it professional then you're like okay I'm going to imagine that I'm in a professional setting. I would not say this to my boss if I was in a professional setting. So let me just get it under control and get the work done. And, and that's, <laughs> how we, that's what I mean. I'm not going to lie. You guys have, like, I'm thinking like, dang, like I can only imagine these arguments. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, I, what I would say is like, be 
be open-minded and put, exactly. put your feelings aside and, and it's all about the project, yeah. not, not how you feel about it. It's just what was best for the project, uh, for the story. But just, you know, be op- care about your craft. Like, that's another thing about what being professional is. Like, if you care about your craft, you find you will try to improve yourself, trying to find the best way to do that certain thing, do it better, not just conform, oh, I did it and let's move on. No. Try to find a way to improve in every, even if you think it's perfect, there's some things that there's always room for improvement because people have different perspectives. Like somebody is going to notice a flaw that probably you don't and just be open to that and don't, don't take anything personally. Exactly. Just yes. care about your craft and be open-minded. That's how I could resume what I'm trying to say Yeah. when it comes to professionalism. Okay. Now, has there been any difference in terms of, um, the tools that you guys use in order to create, um, you know, iridescent um, from your yeah. process before, maybe two years ago versus now? Like, do you guys yeah. still, you know, are you doing any of it traditionally? Are you using the same pens, you know, or are you um, using anything? Are you, is your process any different, basically? Yeah, yeah so basically, uh, for me, that would be the main, the biggest change because uh, I was doing everything traditionally. I was actually drawing on with a regular pencil, regular eraser, regular paper. Yeah, I remember. And um, <laughs> that's how I started. That's what, that's the only way I knew how to do it. And yeah. in fact, I would suggest that if you're starting to draw, that you just start traditionally because like, you learn a lot from starting traditionally and then moving on, transitioning to a digital atmosphere. But now I'm, I'm a I just want to stop you real quick. Yeah, I was going to say, he, he, he loves that, like traditional. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> So as soon as you said that, I was like, yep. That's yeah, yeah. how, how I started and that's uh, how I appreciate it the most. So exactly. I can it, relate. It takes a lot of, uh, I mean, it takes real skill to do everything traditionally. Um, you don't have control Z like in a computer. So that's that's one of the main things that I appreciate of doing digitally. I know uh, I, you would say maybe it's like uh, cheating that you have control Z, but um or the textures or the speed lines and other stuff that you have them on the on the yeah. software you're having you, to put them have, manually because you have rulers that you can use that you just put like a perspective ruler and then you have perfect perspective <laughs> you don't have to use a ruler and be measuring it uh, yeah. like traditionally like you, your computer just does it for you um but yeah that was the biggest change i've done now i do everything um digitally but it, we have to be careful that it doesn't look too digital uh, because if it looks too digital um it kind of loses the essence of mm-hmm. uh, of uh, what a real manga is like like the rustic kind of feel you know right so i i like to use i mean there are different types of pens pencils in the uh digital software and i just try to make sure to use someone so one that looks closest to what it would look like tra- uh, traditionally as well as just the uh the trace like my technique has to be uh in a specific way so that it looks as close to traditionally as possible to make so, sure that the lines are different values and things like that. So with your, I guess I would say writing wise, has there been any like significant change like in terms of, um, you know, your process at all, Simon, or? Well, the thing with my process is, is a, a bit unconventional for, in some aspects. Um, but no many changes between two years ago. No, really. I'm still using, I'm still writing in the software. I feel like I just got, I just got a bit better at writing. Um, but when, when I say my process is a bit unconventional, it's because we have access, at least for this first volume, to some of the voice actors. 
uh, and, and I got uh, the opportunity to direct them and saying the lines, and then I can go back and say, you know what, I don't like this line. Let's change this line. And while, what if I change a line with the voice actor, I have to change that in the script and with the in, for the manga. So, um, so I've been doing some experimenting with some of the takes of the voice actors, and that has affected some of the art in the manga. Just just to give an example, for example, with, with each other in one of the scenes when he. When we were recording, he was legitimately confused, the actor, about what we were trying to for him to accomplish. So he's like, "So you want me to do this or not?" And what? What? Like he'd make this. this I just um, want to give the audience a context real quick. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, this is for the motion comic, correct? You know. Yes, correct. Um, so, so he he delivered this line in a specific way, but it was his. He was legitimately confused. I'm like, that sounds really real because it is real. So what I did, I incorporated that confusion moment and added it to the manga itself. So now Shoren, instead of asking a question, he will say exactly the lines that the voice actor mumble when he was confused. So it's like a backwards process in that way. Like, okay, he delivered this line this way. Let's add that to the manga. And so, so it's like a really interesting thing. And I'm planning to do that in the future with, with some of the volumes. Like uh, uh, if I get access again to voice actors, I'll be okay. I'm gonna experiment with them, and whatever I come up with, that's when that's gonna end up uh, making it into the page. Uh, it's it's interesting. So I, basically, almost letting I, it play out. Yeah, yeah. It's really experimental, I think, but I I enjoy the process. It's, it it gives me interesting results that <laughs> make the improve the comic, improve the manga and the motion part in different ways. No, that makes sense when you put it that way because you want something that sounds more natural. Mm-hmm. You know, that someone's saying it doesn't sound like, you know, like, I guess, you don't want, even though it is in a comic, you don't want it to sound like it's from a comic. You want somebody to read read it and feel like they can relate to it just based on that. Exactly, exactly. That yeah, makes so sense. His idea was, like, to tell the voice actors, like, hey, whenever you're in that uh, sound booth, make sure you just, you are that character. You're never going to be... For example, his name is uh, Leraldo. Like you're not Leraldo anymore. You're Shutter. So I'm gonna call you Shutter. We're gonna method the whole time you're in the wood. You're gonna be a character. So. so if you make a mistake, you need to make you need to say uh, some curse words. Just say it in, in Shutter's voice. If you're gonna ask me a question, ask me as Shutter. Don't ask me as Leraldo. Yeah. Ask me in Shutter's voice. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an interesting way to put it. But yeah, I mean that that makes perfect sense. You know, you have to get completely in character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or at least I think actors should get in as much as possible in character. Right. Now, what you don't want to happen is you get so much in character. You, I've heard of actors not being able to get out of the character. You <laughs> no, <know>? no, no. <laughs> I know, I know. They they go way too method. Uh, no, I, he's I was... just going to tell you he shot her for the rest of his life. You know, <laughs> uh. not no, just while they're in, inside the booth. I think that that's a safe way to put it. <laughs> mm. Once you go out, you, you can be yourself again. But while you go inside, you, you're the character. And I, I think that's. That's a process that will give us interesting and better results, in my opinion. He's gonna tell you. Shotter told me that um, that he's me now. That's it. You know, <laughs> we're one now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I've been watching too much. Uh, I just got done watching what Perfect Blue the other day. Perfect so I'm Blue. like, I'm <laughs> like, I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen that movie before? Oh, okay. It's a um, movie by um, what's his name, uh, Nico? What's the du- director? Satoshi Kon. Yes, yeah, Satoshi Kon. You know, you'll you'll know what I mean. Anybody who's watching will know what I'm talking about okay. when I say okay. that. But I recommend it. Uh, you know? Personality kind of thing. Yeah, essentially, okay. exactly. Okay, okay. You know? <laughs> okay. You know, sounds interesting. Yeah, you know, but um, okay. So I mean, 
what I know you guys are obviously there's a lot more you guys have coming out, you know, and I know you have a, a special project coming out, you know, of course, with you doing the um, the volume. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Volume one of iridescent. Well, the kicks. Okay. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Well, in order to release volume one of iridescent to the majority of people, we are launching a Kickstarter. It, this Kickstarter is going to be launching on November the 13th. I know Friday the 13th, um, but um, it's going to be there that day. And that's where this campaign is going to start. And as a matter of fact, we have a little teaser trailer we want to show you. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and throw that teaser up. You know, actually, there's two videos, right, if I'm not mistaken. So we're going to throw both of those up so you guys can check those out. And definitely, I'm telling you, I'm also going to link the comic down below. But go ahead and check these out. We'll see you guys in just a moment. All right, so now that you guys have seen that trailer, I mean, honestly, I mean, just looking at how much work that you guys have put into this, like, step by step, you know, as far as, you know, like, the fact that you did the whole animation, like, that's what, that's what surprised me, because I was thinking, okay, maybe, you know, they, they drew everything, but they probably got somebody to kind of animate it, and if you remember, Simon, I, like, kind of said something to you about them, like, yeah, I'm like, looks like, uh, like, um, you know, like, I was like, who did you get to do this, and you're like, oh, we did this. And I'm like, huh? Like, I'm like, wow. So I mean, he was just reminding me of that. Like, it's it's just the both of us. It's that it's not our studio. We're not paying a freelancer. We're not getting on Fiverr and getting like, hey, animate this for us. No, it's just us. <laughs> and it's been challenging too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's been challenging. Yeah. It takes a long time to get it right, and I feel like we still need some in betweens and little technical stuff. But for the most part, I'm happy with those. The way the trailers are coming out, we are still working on another one. Um, hopefully, we'll get to finish that sooner than later. Uh, but for the most part, we're using this to promote the manga volumes. And once all the volumes are out, uh, we will continue and do the motion part of it. But I want to focus right now our, our efforts into the manga so we can get the art done and get them get the volumes out because we have the story been cooking for a while, and I think the story is ready to be released. Oh yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I mean, I've, I'm pretty much caught up, you know, as far as everything that's been put out, you know, I'm loving what's happening so far, you know, and it's it's more than just, oh, you know, like a, you know, like just a fighting manga, like you actually have characters that you know people can relate to, you know, and that's the important and, thing, you know. And they, they get developed, and we get some character development, mm -hmm. and they're gonna grow, and they, you you'll see you'll see the differences and i think that's the most important thing i mean uh for anyone who's starting to write a story that's one of the most important things uh when writing a story you need to develop your characters because that's that's what makes your story your characters so it's very very important to develop your characters to make them relatable to go make them go through different things we can see them grow and everything exactly you know yeah. i'm like and i mean I, I know i keep saying it but i'm like and get and have your main character get with <laughs> Their love interest, like don't like that's that's what I love about like what um, 
Sword Online like didn't like be oh, yeah. around the bush with that, you know. Right. Like I'm like, okay, you know, dude is actually dating Asuna. Like, come on now, you know. Like, right. here we go. You know, now we get to develop that a little bit. We get to see where that goes while they're doing combat and everything. I'm like, that makes sense. And what they mean to each other, that is interesting. A lot of people gravitate towards that. Do you get a little bit of best of both worlds? Because you you tend to see relationship in shoujo mangas, but I don't think Sword Online is a shoujo. It's more like a shonen ish. And you get a little bit of this in that. Feels like a harem a, a little bit now. Like, cause I'm uh, thinking, yeah. like, I'm like, dang, I'm just waiting for Kirito to just throw his arms up and them all be around him at this point, you know? Because right. it seems like, like that's how they they're treating it at least. But, you know, yeah, no, I mean seriously, you know, as far as um, you know, with your uh, with your Kickstarter, are there gonna be like any special like like uh, rewards that anybody will get? Like, well, absolutely. Um we don't have the full list yet we're still developing the kickstarter uh we will we'll announce everything on, on our social media i know for a fact uh that we will get something some, re some really good stuff uh let's just say, put it that way um but or unique stuff that there's no not gonna be anywhere else like art that's not on social media is, is gonna be part of the rewards and it's gonna be displayed or the producing a special way it's not, not gonna be just a, a mini poster we, you're gonna get some of that too but there's gonna be interesting rewards um but we when we're ready to announce them we'll announce them yeah definitely and we're gonna make sure that we share that so you guys can check everything out once it once it comes out um i'm definitely um looking forward to that especially with volume one being uh, you know the first release and i always say you always want to get the first release of something you know you never want to you know, miss the first release, you know, that's the stuff eventually, you know, later on, you know, you never know, like when, when it's massively being produced, you know, everywhere, you can always say you got the first copy, you know, when it first came out, that's yeah, another reason. Why, <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, I know this is, again, I know everything's early, but is it going to at least be signed? You know, are you guys going to do? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I believe like everybody at the portal at least get to get a signature there and they're, Legend for the first edition of a manga volume because if we make reprints, it's gonna be another edition. So this is the opportunity to get the first edition of everything, and of course it's gonna be signed. Of course it's gonna be signed. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, but like uh, he was saying, some uh, some of the uh, special rewards are gonna have like different signs for the covers. Like some of them are gonna be printing printed on a different material. Maybe some of them are gonna have like a iridescent or, or what do you call that type holographic. of uh, holographic paper, like uh, for the cover page. So it looks more iridescent. So that's uh, one of the perks too. Um, special editions. <laughs> special editions uh, for the manga. Um, we're also thinking about different posters that we want to have a specific design for a certain reward, for a certain tier, and uh, uh, other rewards like that. Uh, like he said, we still have to come up with the rest. No, no, and I have something. I just don't want to. Announce it, yes, yes, yeah, spoil it. Uh, but there's some other stuff there too. Um, It'll eventually be, be out there for everybody. To, to things that are gonna be inside the book. I'm gonna have a section for fan art because I've been receiving fan art through the years, and I wanna reward my people that support us. I'm gonna put some of the fan art in between pages. You know how mangas have extra content added to them. I'm gonna put some of that in there too, so people will be happy. And if you wanna send for more fan art, you probably make it to in, in this code or even the next code. So there's going to be like more story basically within the volume? No, no, no. So some people have drawn fan art over characters. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah so I got we, you. We want to throw that in there in the, in the, in the first Oh, one. nice, nice. So, That's going to be sweet. Yeah, you know, I'm going to have a section of pages with fan art. Yeah, yes, like, as a thank even, you. Even between uh, some chapters, like you have 
some most manga they have like something between each chapter and maybe we can just throw a piece of pattern there like hey this was drawn by someone yeah but so it's blah, 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 on facebook and we get you get credited there just because uh, we want to appreciate that you guys are giving us some awesome fan art you know speaking of that and being a fan of something if you guys ever got the chance to do like a comic run like from either marvel or dc what comic would you choose mm, you know if i get to choose yes uh, interesting question it can be any like from marvel any, dc any character any from marvel or dc i'll go with nightwing probably or, so the you, titans, or the titans nightwing and the titans something like that i would go for something more comedic I, I just like drawing anything that has comedy in it so maybe deadpool or something like that deadpool deadpool. <laughs> oh, it's funny. i see deadpool right behind you right we're there. not we're not yeah. with deadpool guys there <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness okay yeah that would be interesting you know okay so like so i'm like i, I guess if um you know, Marvel or DC, if they're listening, you know, like, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> but yeah, no, for real, like, um, okay, so then, is there a reason as to why you would pick, um, like, do you like Deadpool a lot as far as as a character, or? Uh, I just like mainly comedic things, so. So just okay. anything comic, comic, anything comic. comic, yeah, anything that has a good sense of humor, something I can have, have fun uh, just drawing it and then reading it and having a laugh out of it, I would enjoy that. So it'll be Deadpool or Carly Quinn, for example, if we go, we're going to see something like that. Mm-hmm. That would be funny. So would you guys ever want to collaborate with a particular creative over at Marvel or DC if you ever had the chance? I'm not even going to just say Marvel and DC. I'm going to say Anyone. industry at large. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll put it that way. Marvel or DC is global. I would like to collaborate with um, anyone that's involved with... Attack of Titan, you know what I mean? Like mm. something so, like that would be great. So something more in the anime manga mm-hmm. genre. Yeah, something like that. Or the guy that does One Punch Man, the artist. Mm. His art is mm-hmm. amazing. I would like to collaborate with somebody like that. Oh, yeah, you when, it writing, when it comes to writing, I would like to collaborate with the guy that writes with the one. Oh yeah. yeah. He's such a good writer. But yeah, in, in the anime manga industry, but in the DC comics industry, um, or or American industry, I don't know, maybe, and that will be more on the movie side, but with Zack Snyder, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, Zack Snyder. Such a visionary vision to, to do it. <sighs> I gotta like, I gotta get you to fist bump with that, because I'm <laughs> like I feel like a lot of times, you know, um, whenever someone mentions Zack Snyder, I feel like I'm like the only one that like likes Zack Snyder. They're like, oh what? <laughs> like, and I'm like, goodness, now everybody's like fawning over Zack Snyder because of the Snyder cut, but you I, know. That, that was a huge deal. That was yeah. a huge movement. And I feel like AT&T came and changed the game for, for Hollywood, man. And it's really interesting what's happening in that side of, of town. It's really interesting to think that I think they're planning, but they're not ready yet to announce. But there's hints at it. Like if you pay attention to the Twitter of AT&T, they've been promoting real hard everything DC related. Everything that has to do with Snyder cut and their characters. They've been really on it. So props to the AT&T Twitter manager. <laughs> so do you think, uh, it's kind of weird to say next phase, but like, you know, with everything right now, you know, like Marvel movies kind of not being out right now, do you think DC is going to like kind of overtake Marvel, you know, in this I next phase? Like, 
they already have in a way because Marvel has been like inside in radio silence for almost a year. Technically, they're taking a, a, a year break because they're waiting to release uh, Black Widow, right? And that's the movie that's been holding the whole universe back. Um, yeah. And uh, at this point, just putting a video on demand. I, I, I'm not even, I mean, I'm interested in seeing Black, Black Widow, but I'm way more interested in what's coming next. So I wanna I wanna see what's coming next, and because of that movie, we, we haven't been able to get any of that. Uh, so, in in regards to that, DC at, at least they've been hyping hyping everything up that they have. They've been making some interesting moves, and the whole multiverse thing that they're going for is really yeah helping them to stand out from Marvel because they don't have to rely on on a, on that connectivity to move forward. They can move forward in different directions, and it all makes sense because it's part of that multiverse. So being a, a single universe. Yeah, no, that makes sense, you know, with the um what they had like the CW stuff and you know, all of that. Um, you know, with DC and I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. You know, sp- speaking of Marvel, I mean, you know, uh mm-hmm. you know, we all heard the terrible news, you know, that happened at least, you know, um just, you know, just... a couple days from this uh recording, you know, about mm-hmm. um you know, Chatwick Bozeman, you know. So I mean I can already tell based on your shirt, you know how you feel, you know. And, yeah, you know, but, yeah. But I mean, I'm pretty I don't sure. Have, I don't have you know. a black, uh, black Panther shirt, so. But, <laughs> Likewise. But, but uh, we did. I did some fan art yesterday uh, of him, uh, just in honor of him. Uh, did a uh, a Black Panther piece that he's gonna be coloring. It. Yeah, and for us, like it's, it's a, a way to cope with what's happening. Like for artists, that's how you express yourself, and we we needed to. We were planning to do some Black Panther anyways, but it's just it's the right time. Like we should do it just to deal with it. I'm really, really down. I, I've been down since yesterday, since I heard, like, I'm really sad about it. Like, and the way, and if you think about it, he struggled for four years when he was recording those movies. Mm-hmm. And he did it because he had love for his craft, for the character and what that represents for everybody. Um, and I feel like there's a, it's a huge loss, like everybody's feeling it and not only People in Hollywood, in the whole world, they're they're feeling that loss, man. And I, I'm, I'm personally, I'm really sad about what happened. Oh yeah, no, I mean, same here. I mean, I couldn't, I, I could believe it, but I couldn't believe it at the same time. The reason why I say I could kind of believe it a little bit is just because I don't know if you guys noticed, but he seemed like he was a lot more like frail, like skinnier or whatever. Yeah. And I thought it was a little bit strange, you know. But I was like, okay, maybe he's doing a new diet, you know. I mean, everybody seems like they're going vegan nowadays, you know. That's what I was thinking. But um, you know, that's no offense to anybody's diet, you know. I want to say that, like, I'm mainly talking to you, Nico. But you know, <laughs> yeah. but okay. But to me, after this happening, after this happened, immediately I thought, wow, the phrase "Wakanda forever" has a whole new meaning to me. Oh yeah, you know definitely. You know, I'm like, I guess he, um, you know, essentially went on with the the kings, you know, the, yeah. you know, and I'm like thinking of me. He even spoke at, I think, um, went to um, hospitals with kids that had cancer, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And I'm thinking like, how surreal is that? You're helping somebody, talking to them, you know, trying to help them through it, and the whole time you know what you have, but you're not necessarily, you know, like telling it to anybody. And I feel like, I, I don't know, maybe. Why do you guys think that might have been the case? Do you think maybe, you know, he might have did that to, you know, I don't know, maybe like to like say public face, or do you think it was more or less like just to, kind of, uh, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm I just think, trying to make I sense. Think, of I think it. he. I think he was real about it. I think he did it because he wanted to bring hope to those people and uh, just uh, let them know that there's 
uh, encourage to not lose their hope pretty much. I, yeah. think, I think he was real about it. That's what I'm trying to say. Like he, it's not a public appearance just because I think he wanted to do it. That's what I would say. Yeah, I just, I'm just so like it just puzzles my mind. Like, dang, you, like, you just didn't want to let anybody know, you know. But I guess maybe because it, honestly, it's a personal matter. Like when you, I, I can cannot relate to that, but I imagine when you're facing such a a, a personal thing and it's yeah, life or death, you you, you want to keep that close to your family members. You want to freak anybody out and um make a huge deal about it because you you still want to feel like. There's hope for you, right? And and you want to scare everybody out or freak freak people out. It's, it's a personal matter. So it's, it was right. his choice and his family's choice to keep it secret, keep his secret. But what what Pedro, Pedro was talking about is like what he represented for so many people, and for for representation in general, like is important. And and the joy that he brought to so many people, like it, it was real, and and it's important. And I feel like that's why part of what I'm saying, like. He he was such a good person, and he represents so mean so much for so many people. Oh yeah, you know I definitely can say that. I'm like, you know, funny enough, um, you know, <laughs> like I think about you know especially like within um, like the black community. I mean, I'm thinking like everybody I know went to see <laughs> that movie. You yeah. know, like every so I'm like that, and I, the thing is, it ex- even extended outside of that. So I mean, that's kind of why I'm like. You're like man, this this is this this was a hard one, you know. Black Panther, you know. I mean, even aside from that, he did so many um, other roles too, yeah. you know. So I mean, I think people should know about that, you know, in case they've never checked out some of his other movies, you know, mm-hmm. that he's done other stuff too, yeah. you know. But yeah, you know, um, not to be somber, but yeah, it's it's really unfortunate, and we all feel it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Aside from that, you know, as far as uh. You know, and I know we talked about this a little bit last time, you know, with the current state of the industry, you know, with, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys heard, One Piece is getting ready to, uh, you know, end soon as far as what they say, like it has four to five years like, left. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's always been ready to end soon and it's, it's, it's still One Piece, <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, has, did you say it has four to five years left? <laughs> four to five. Oh, four to five. I was like, yeah. years? Yeah. <laughs> More likely, <laughs> they, they can do One Piece forever. But no, but no, the industry in general is in a really interesting spot now. I think last time we touched upon the the independent developers getting some some uh, notice by everybody, and now the the industry is in a different place. We have webtoons be- becoming a really big thing, and Crunchyroll making original animes based on webtoon comics, and mm. it's just the first of many to come. We have the guy of high school and. Tower of God, and there's some other in the way, and there's that opens opportunity for for people like us to have hope to get an anime yeah. I knew, in the I knew, near future. I knew things were changing when uh, Radiant was made into an anime that uh, yeah. by the French artist. Yeah, so I knew things were changing when that happened. Oh yeah, when I saw my yeah Radiant, you know, I have a copy of that. You know, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, with Tony uh, Valente. Yeah, yeah, Tony. Yeah, I think that's how you say it, Valente. Yeah. He's so good, though. Um, yeah, he's very. <laughs> oh, very well, shoot! I'm like, I'm looking at y'all work, like, hey, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but no, like that's 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 legit right there. I know, um, you know, it's it's just a matter of time, and then you have with the God of High School, you know, that's um, you know, um, a Korean manhwa, you know, that became, um, mm-hmm. and then um, oh, what else? 
the, did the gamer get one? I'm not sure if the gamer got one. I know God <laughs> of High School got one. And Tower of God got another Tower one. And solo, I think solo leveling is in talks. Um, but I don't think they have released anything official. I just hear like, oh, yeah, solo leveling is in talks to, to, to get an anime adaptation. And that's a huge, big one that everybody's reading right now in, in the manhwa community. So, hey, but there's more opportunities for for people like us and, and all the other independent creators that I know, I think I think they, they're all get motivated by, by seeing the industry changing in a more positive way when it comes to that. Um, I think last time we mentioned anime was a lot more mainstream um, than before and this year, because everybody has time to, to spend and watch stuff, we have a, a, seen a resurgence in, oh, yeah. in, in Avatar, Legend of Korra, and all these oh, other shows. Yes. So, I was watching Legend of Korra earlier. Yeah, so, so people are discovering all these shows that we know they're good, but a lot of people are just discovering them for the first time. So I, I feel like it's, that's a positive, positive thing because the industry is moving in a more, um, in, and in a direction that will benefit people like us, like creators, and, and we enjoy seeing other people discover it. I'm quite enjoying it. Same things we enjoy. I'm quite enjoying it too. So, yeah, no, I I can agree with that 100 percent. With um, you know, people rediscovering you know mm-hmm. shows. You know, it's almost like a new wave is coming in, and people are like, "Wow, you know, what is this?" Like we're I'm like, "Yeah, it's the same show that you guys were talking about me for liking." <laughs> I'm messing around, but yeah, no, Avatar: The Last Airbender. You know, Legend of Korra. Um, which one do you guys prefer? Go. I like the animation style of Legend of Korra. I I'm a big fan of how much it, it improved. It was a wow. It's like, but story wise, Avatar: Last Airbender yeah. is a more solid story. Like I think I could yeah. re, I could rewatch Avatar: The Last Airbender more times than I could rewatch Legend of Korra. But animation wise, I prefer Legend of Korra. I think that Korra had better villains, but I think Avatar had Last Airbender had better um, a better supporting cast. If that uh, makes any sense. Yeah, no, definitely does. Yeah. Now they're both different in a way. They're similar in so many ways, but they're also super different. And and I think I prefer the original Avatar, the Last Airbender, but Legend of Korra has really really cool moments. Oh. And my favorite season is three in Legend of Korra. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. No, seriously. That's what I, I say, I'm like, Zahir, man, that dude, was, he he was boss. I'm not even going to lie. Like, you know, and it's mind-blowing what happens there. If you, mm-hmm. know, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. The, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, I say... Where do you what do you rate the seasons? I guess if you had to put oh, them the in order. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Well, not like, like, if you had to put them in an order, like from best to like weakest like just go one by one and rate one okay well the best one three then one um two and four <laughs> three one two and four yeah well, really was, so you well, thought you, you thought the, the the fourth one was the weakest one yes yeah i can say yes because hmm, really? why I, I don't know like i feel like you know how they waited a certain amount of time between seasons and that yeah. one was just thrown uh, on video on demand, or you can only watch it online. You could could not watch it on Nickelodeon. Yeah, I remember that. Never aired. So they were setting that up for to be like a comeback, like the opening of the season works better if you have that time of period that you don't watch it. But because they released it almost immediately, it felt weird to me. And I'm not a big fan of hmm, how it wrapped up. If I felt like they could have done way more 
um, if they would have go in the direction they went a lot sooner, a lot, a, a lot before, earlier. earlier, earlier. Sorry, yeah. I felt like a lot of what they pull at the end felt like out of the blue, if that makes sense. But it's a good solid season. I just feel like the vill- I like, I prefer, much prefer the villains of season three and one. And I like what, what saved season two for me was the whole one flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Those are, were really interesting to look, the f- very first Avatar. But yeah, that's why. But it's not oh, like yeah, a- no, Avatar one. I was they could have made a whole series for me, you know. Yeah, it's like, what's so good. And I, it's not like I hate season four or, or, or anything. No, I like everything. It's just if you ask me to rate them, I I prefer much prefer the other seasons. Okay. <laughs> now, what about you, Pedro? Um, well, I had ne- I had never thought about it, so I never really rated them. Uh, but I did like the first three seasons better than the last one. Uh, and it's kind of for the same reason that he was pointing it out. Like I feel like uh, what they came up with at the end could have been established way sooner, uh, way earlier. Yeah, and we kind of kind of came out of nowhere for for me. And uh, that's the only reason I would rate it as the weakest. But it was still a really good, uh, really good season because we see uh, what it's like in the spirit world. We see uh, Cora. Finally reaching her full potential, pretty much, and, and the, the teams, the teams that they address—they're so real and so mature, mm-hmm. and a lot of the subject matters and the villains and the action is is way better. It's super good. Like especially in season three, when they do what they do in season three, is is great. It's great uh, television. Great so I know with Legend of Korra, one of the big things is that I know they added um, seasons kind of as they went. So originally, yeah. they had a plan of doing. It. Can you ever see yourself doing that with, um, you know, iridescent? Like, if you know, let's say there was just a massive demand. You already finished it. The manga, anime's out there. People enjoyed the, but they like, I want more. I gotta see more. I have a backup plan. <laughs> okay. okay. So, so yeah, yeah. I, I like to think ahead, and when it comes to iridescent, I have an idea of what's gonna happen, and where I'm gonna take this story. Let's just say after Shudder, but not really Shudder is still going to be part of the story. But my idea will involve Shudder in the future after the current, I don't, I don't even gonna say the current because it's not the current, but after my future plan from, for the ending I have planned happens, I have room to go and explore. And I want to explore some aspects. I've been talking to Pedro, what if we do this? What if we go the, into this direction? We have to go small and big at the same time. And Pedro knows exactly what I'm talking about when I say when go small and big. Um, so I have a, an idea of where I could take this story, if there's a man for it. But if there's no demand, I have a good place to end it, if necessary. I, and of course, if I, I could end the story, let's like say in the next six years, and then let it be there for a while, and then revisit it in in, in another six years later, and I still that would give me enough time to come up with a better better plan when it comes to that. But if people want it, I'll I'll give them as much story as I can come up with that that of course doesn't ruin anything that i did previously because mm-hmm. i don't want to just you know be on a dead horse you know what i mean like I, I, if, if people want it they can i feel like there's more value when the story is solid and, and it's less episode than just an, an ongoing thing like like one piece and i love one piece but i it's just too, too many episodes right <laughs> for some so- people Oh no! Yeah, I can. It's got to, to be honest with you. It's got too many chapters for me. 
<laughs> but I know that's probably made somebody mad out there. But I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm just saying for me. But um, in any case, so if I guess I kind of, I'm, I'm curious, do you have any projects outside of Iridescent that you guys are working on as a as a pair? No, and the reason for that is um, one of the the the, the situations we were in, like when we were doing Iridescent a few years back something will come up. Like we have this little project that people wanted to want us to work with them. So we do that. So that, that would mean, okay, so working on Redescent for like a month or two to work on that specific project, then we move on and the project will stay behind. And that happens too, too, too many times. We have yeah. too often, like too many opportunities to work on different things and that will pull Redescent behind. So we're like, no, let's, let's not take any other projects. Let's just do Redescent until at least we get the first three volumes and then we'll, we'll think about joining other people's projects for that. That will. I was talking about your own projects. Like, did you guys oh, have another project? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm really, we're really focused on this one for now. We have ideas for other projects, but yeah, I was going to say, cause you do have uh, other stories that you have written for different, uh, um, different manga and different, uh, it, it could be video games or anything video else. Games, yeah, that's true. Um, some of them even relate to iridescent. Like we, what do you call that? Uh, when, it, when it's something that's related to the main story? A spin-off story? A spin-off, yeah. Well, spin-off I, I have like a flashbacks that I want to do, but they, they're really they're really important for the future of the story. So I, I just need to know where to place them. But it's like a flashback trilogy. Like it could be like three volumes or just a backstory of the world and the previous characters before before Shudder and Karen and all of them. Um, so that that could be considered like a, a side project, it's a spin-off, but it's it's really related to the story, to the lore. Um, and I have ideas for other stories. I just need to sit down and develop them. You know what I mean? Like I have, I, they're just ideas in, in my my documents. They are filing my <laughs> documents. There was even one with uh, some toys. Yeah, yeah. A story about toys that come to life. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not, no, not toy story. Not, not toy story, <laughs> but I, I need to like have find a different way to tell that story so it yeah. doesn't resemble too much Toy Story because it's a, it's a lot darker than Toy Story to be honest. <laughs> Evil Toy Story. You Evil know. Toy Story. <laughs> it's like a, a, a story like kind of like uh, Chucky but in a you know. No, no, no. It's more about like uh, there's a disease in the world and mm. and one and one of the toys has the cure inside of them and so he needs to find do a, it's a journey to, to get out the, the place they're in to find the the kid that he needs to give the cure to because uh-huh. there's only one cure it's like a journey thing like and we need to explore why the toy has that inside of him and why he needs to get to that place the toy doesn't know why he just knows he needs to accomplish this and we need to explore why that's happening that's kind of like the setup of the story oh no so the toy has to die to give the cure I don't know. Oh, that sounds interesting. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, that sounds really good, actually. Yeah. But, you know, but I haven't sit down and write the story. It's just like a pitch. Okay, yeah. I want to do this, and it's like a journey. It could be like a mini movie, a short story. That's true. It could be just like a one chapter. I no, I don't think one chapter, one volume. Like one, there's one volume. there's chapters in it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we're getting close to the end here, but there's two questions that I want okay. us to, you know, end it on. So sure. first one I want to know is, and I'm I could have swore I might have asked you this before, but for some reason it's escaping me. You know, do you guys have any rivals? Oh, 
Mm-hmm. Not that it's not to be in a bad sense. You know, I don't, I don't think rival is a bad thing. Everyone always acts like it is, but it's not. You know, I don't think. I like, just creative. Well, okay, you answer first. Me as a as an artist, I don't. I do have uh, people that I compare myself to for inspiration. Now, I wouldn't say they're my rivals because I'm not like, oh, I'm better than them or, oh, he's doing a Naruto piece. I'm going to make a Naruto piece that's better than theirs. No, I'm not mm-hmm. like that. Like I, I look at their art and I'm like, oh, God, that's really good. I want to do something like that. Like I, I, took it, I take it to inspiration. So um, no one specific. It just I see different artists. I see how good, how fast they are, especially because especially I think I'm a pretty slow artists like try to be a lot faster but i see like these other artists just putting out a lot of different pieces and i'm like how do they work so fast and uh that's one thing that i'm like man like that's my rival in that sense like uh the speed in which they do their art and all the, the different diversity like in projects that they have uh, and even animation so so in other words Mikhail, we're coming for you. Metallica? Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I really love and respect Mikhail and his work. And I'm really always even sending him cool messages. Hey, good job, bro. I love, I love everything you do. And I support him. I can't wait for his. I think we mentioned that in our last, our last um, interview with you. Can't wait for his uh, Metallica reboot thing that oh, he's yeah. cooking up. I've seen some of the teasers. Mm-hmm. That I follow him on social media. Dude, it's, it's, it's look, looks like a way better story, like a way bigger story. So I'm really, really, yeah, I can't wait to see what he has in, in store for. Video game and all that, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the cereal. Yeah, yeah, that looks cool. That looks cool too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, interesting. So, what is your guys' end game? You know, like what? Like as far as your perfect guy, like like down the line, you know, when you're you know, resting, you know, and you're sitting back and you're looking like, oh, this is what I did creatively. You're like an old, you're both old men. You know, what do you feel as though you want that end game to look like? End game, uh, for me, it will have iridescent as one of the best animes of all time. Like not only manga series, like anime series with movies, video games, all that stuff. That, that's cool. But I want the, the show to be just as prestigious as Avatar is. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. love and respect that show for what it is. And I would love for people to to love that that thing I'm putting all my love and effort into, because I'm aiming to do a great story, and I hope people will appreciate it and, and like it. And for it to survive longer than it's than we than we live in this world, like for it to outlive our lives, so something something that will we're gonna live to the world, we're gonna give this to the world, and people enjoy our, and learn from legacy. it. That will be our <laughs> legacy, right? And this story is about legacy too, so, so it's so fitting. So yeah, something like that. That that for me would be like, okay, I accomplished this and I'm happy. I can die happy now. <laughs> no, honestly, just hearing that, like you can already like honestly, I just want to say this to the audience. Like, you know, you can never beat the passion when some when when you have creators that are passionate about their work, you know, and you can see it in their work. You know, and honestly, like when this Kickstarter goes live, I definitely recommend, you know, everyone out there not only checking it out but supporting the kickstarter you know and and honestly you won't regret it like if you want to see the work that they're putting out there's going to be a link down below for you to be able to check out the uh the comic you know so you can see it on it's going it's on webtoons it's on topastic so you can see it on those and read through the whole thing or whatnot it's really good i'm telling you yeah we appreciate you you and uh, i mean we are definitely going to deliver a high quality product it's not gonna we're not gonna just 
uh, be mediocre about it, about it. We are. We're not winging it. We're, we're not gonna we're, win. We're, <laughs> time and effort into this, it. This is not something that we just want to put out because mm -hmm. we have to put it out. We, I mean, this is our legacy, like I was saying earlier. So this is gonna be uh, really. This is gonna be our our baby. Very <laughs> much. Very much. Oh, definitely. I'm like, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, you know, and I mean, like I said, I mean, even seeing if you want an example, when you guys saw that, that um, think about this, if you, when you saw that motion, um, the, you know, the motion comic or you saw the trailer that we just put up, you know, earlier on in the video, right? This, this was just them two doing it, like both Simon and Pedro doing that. That shows you how much they put into whatever they're doing. So, you know, whatever they're going to do, they, whatever they do, they're going to deliver. So I just want to make sure I drive that point home that when you guys see that go up, in November 13th, 13th, make sure you guys, you know, support that. You know, I definitely recommend it. Um, with that being said, we're getting ready to close out here. But was there anything you guys wanted to say to the audience before we go? Well, pretty much. Thank you if, for thank you for having us here. And to the audience, don't if you want to pursue a similar journey to us, just do it. Be humble. Learn to take criticism. But just do it. Just go out there. Do it. Have fun. Because that's really important too. If you're not having fun, why, why do something, right? Uh, but be disciplined. Sometimes you're gonna, you know, wanna stop, but don't. Just keep going at it. Just chase your dreams. And if you wanna support ours, of course, the uh, Cloud Nine that races. He's gonna put all the links down there. And and please support our Kickstarter. That will mean the world to us. And but you know, stay positive. Anybody want to say something else? No, you're pretty much saying it all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that, with that being said, guys, before we go, just make sure that you check out next week's interview as well, because that's going to be the final interview of the season. And then you'll see us with the Shining Spotlight interview sometime in January. We'll make an announcement on that. Um, and also, um, you know, we have, of course, some of our comic projects that are going to be coming out really soon. So you'll want to make sure you stay tuned for that. that. That should be coming out within the next few weeks, I would say, or so, where you'll see our next project. And then last, if you haven't subscribed to Shining Otaku, what are you doing with your life? So, no, I'm, I'm kidding with you. But <laughs> definitely you want to make sure that you, you subscribe to Shining Otaku to check out any manga videos we do, to like tutorials on like writing and, you know, have interviews, the whole nine yards. You'll definitely want to check us out. And then also make sure you like this video if you like it and share it around so that, of course, you can not only support Shining Otaku, but you can support Simon and Pedro in their Kickstarter. Anyway, guys, we'll see you later, and thank you for watching. Catch you all later.